Well, good morning and a very warm welcome uh, once more to our weekly service here at Tornach Free Church. Our prayer is that our great and gracious God would be with you and all yours and that he would make himself known to each one of us as he sees our need. If we are his, our prayer is that we would be strengthened and encouraged by his word to us today. And if as yet we're not sure if we belong to the Lord's, then our heart's desire is that even through this service we might be brought to an assurance of our salvation. If as yet we have not trusted in Christ, then may he be pleased to reveal our need to us today and bring us to the point where we are persuaded and enabled to embrace him as our own Saviour and Lord. Let us bow our heads just now in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are God, the maker of heaven and earth. We thank you that you have given all authority in heaven and earth to your Son, our Saviour, Jesus. And we thank you for all the different ways in which you watch over us as your people. We thank you for the assurance that nothing on earth can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We acknowledge that every good and perfect gift is from our Father, and that we have so much to thank you for, even during difficult times. We thank you too for that hope that is beyond death, because Christ has conquered. We pray this morning for those who are in authority. We remember our Queen and Royal House, and we commit them to you. We pray for our Prime Minister as he continues to recover, and we pray for our First Minister, asking that they would both and many others too come to know Jesus as Saviour and Lord. We remember all Christian politicians and ask that their influence would indeed be positive and God-honouring in these difficult days. At this time we pray for scientists advising governments and we ask that their advice would be wise and that right recommendations might be made in order that the public might continue to be protected. We remember the World Health Organization and our national health and we pray for both these organizations that they would be used of you to bring care and to find the most effective cures for this terrible disease. We think of business leaders and ask that they would be sensitive to the needs of the community in these days. We know that times are difficult for all of us and our desire is that we might hear more of you being brought into the equation of people bringing their cares and concerns to you. As we think of society we remember doctors, nurses, carers and all who are seeking in so many different and wonderful ways to cater for the needs of those who are ill and vulnerable and we thank you for all who are prepared to demonstrate a self-sacrificial spirit for the benefit of others. Lord, continue to protect and grant that further lives might not be lost. We pray too for our children and their parents and continue to remember them as many of them have been educated at home. We ask that their education would not suffer adversely. That's a result of what is happening just now. And as we think of our homes, we pray for the elderly there and for their carers. Lord, we're conscious of how vulnerable they are and we ask that you would intervene graciously so that more lives are not lost. 
within two of those who may be the victims of domestic abuse. Yeah, and Lord, we pray that uh, you would uh, make them aware of the fact that help is there to be found. May you deliver them you know, from the hands you know, of those who would deal with them so cruelly in these days. We thank you for the church and we thank you for the different means that you've given us by which we can reach out with the gospel. You know, our heart's desire is that as we do so, we would see and hear of many being brought to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Help your people too to act as salt and light in those communities in which you've placed us. Grant that you know, what we say we believe would be matched by the way we behave. We remember before you today our world and we ask that you would come and visit us with days of spiritual blessing. We ask that you would impress on all mankind how vulnerable we are and how vital it is that we be prepared to meet you. And even as we ask for this, we're conscious that there are millions in our world who are blinded by false religions and ideologies and philosophies. Lord, enable those who seek to minister in your name to be used of you to shed light into hitherto darkened hearts and minds and grant that your Holy Spirit would, through the proclamation of the gospel and the practicing of the Christian life, bring many to a knowledge of the truth. Remember in our own community today, those who need you in particular ways, we think of the Roach family in their grief and we pray that as we get ready for the funeral service in, this, in these coming days, that you would help us to be sensitive to their needs and to minister to you in the name of Jesus. And for any others in the community or elsewhere, it known to us who are involved in this service today, who have particular needs, Lord, help each one to cast their cares on you and help us to show in your name that we care for them. Hear our prayers, continue with us, and accept us and forgive us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, boys and girls, I'm going to do something just now that you might uh, be confused by, if you just bear with me. You know that in these days we're being asked to protect ourselves as we go into shops and I'm sure that some people will be using things like scarves to give themselves protection. So this is a scarf that I suppose I could use for that. But I've also got another scarf here and I could use it for the same purpose. And I've got yet another one that some of you might not like to see but never mind. And I could use it too. So imagine what would happen if I went out wearing these three scarves. People would look at me and they would say, well, these are all football scarves. And then they would ask, who does he support? Because uh, one is red and it's not Aberdeen, it's actually Liverpool. Uh, one is blue and white and it's certainly not Rangers, it's Ross County. And well, the green one, uh, I don't think I even need to mention uh, which team that is. And so if people were out, side watching me wearing these three scarves, they would say, what's he on about? We're very confused as to which side he's on. But if they saw me in my true colours wearing this scarf, then they might not know what the team is, although I'd be very uh, happy to tell them, but they would obviously know that I just support one team. The team, in case you don't know, is a team that plays in Glasgow, and they're not called Rangers, they're certainly not called Celtic either, they're called Party Thistle. So people would know if I went around just wearing this scarf, 
whose side I'm on. Now, the reason I'm doing this today is that very often we might say that we believe in Jesus, but the way we live our lives can confuse people because they see that what we say we believe in and the way we live don't match up. And so they look at us and they see us maybe wearing one colour on a Sunday, another colour during the week. And they say, whose side is he or she on? It's so important that we don't confuse people. It's so important that we show our true colours. That we don't just say that we believe in Jesus, but that we show that we believe in him from day to day. And I hope and pray that all of us, grown-ups and children, would show by the way we live that we believe in Jesus. What Jesus wants us to do above everything else is to trust in him. And if we say that we are trusting in him, then he wants us to go and point others to him. So I hope and pray that you're all on the Lord's side and that all who know you will know that. Don't be ashamed of showing your true colours. Don't be ashamed of showing whose side you're on. And I hope that it won't be very long until we're able to see each other again. Until then, God be with you and God help you every day to live for him. Thank you once more for watching and listening. Well, let's turn now to read and reflect on God's word as we have that in the book of Psalms and Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on whose law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff, but the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now over the past number of weeks we've been seeing in different passages of scripture how the Bible clearly divides mankind into two groups. There are those who are on the Lord's side and those who are not. Now I wonder this morning where this finds you. We find this right through the Bible from the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis right through to the book of Revelation where we're told that the righteous will inhabit the place prepared for them by the Lord whilst those who are not right with God will be outside. And so if your argument today is with this teaching then it's not with me but with the one who teaches it. Your argument is with God. My prayer is that all of us today as we come to look together at this psalm, where this distinction is clearly drawn, we'll be able to say for ourselves that we are the Lord's. It's interesting as we come to the psalm that the first word that is used to describe the child of God is the word blessed. And this is a very interesting word. It's a word that speaks of the happiness, of the contentment, of the, the fulfilled life of the believer of the fact that God has come into his or her life and poured out blessing upon blessing upon him and her. The word is actually in the plural and it speaks of the completeness, the wholeness of this blessing. I wonder as we look at this description of the child of God, whether you are among those who are blessed, whether you are among those whose life is fulfilled, 
because you're in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You must be able, and I must be able with you, to answer that question for yourself and for myself. Because Jesus himself made it clear in his teaching that not everyone is blessed. Those who are blessed, he says, are those who seek him first, are those whose lives are lived for him rather than for themselves. It may be this morning that you would love to be among those who are blessed. It may very well be that you're envious even of those who are blessed by God. Well, if that's where you're at, then there is hope for you because Jesus Christ came into the world and took the curse for us in order that we might receive that blessing that is from him and that lasts for all eternity. A hymn writer once wrote these words, as he sought the blessing of God for himself and reflected on how God had indeed blessed him in his life. He said this, Come, O fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing your grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Songs of God's abundant pressure, sung by angel tongues above. Songs that tell the boundless measure of my Lord's unchanging love. And as he reflects on how he came to the Lord, he says, I remember God's great mercy, by whose help I've safely come. And I know he will not fail me, but will surely bring me home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering far away from God. And to rescue me from danger, shed for me his precious blood. What Jesus did for him, why will you not ask him to show you that he's done it for you? How can anyone choose not to be blessed when God sent his son into the world for that purpose? So we have this person who is the Lord's, Whoever he or she may be, and God's people are made up of lots of different types, from lots of different backgrounds. We're all different in so many ways, and yet we've all got this in common, that we have the blessing of God. Have you? Well, how can you know? How can we know? How is this person described in this psalm? Well, we're told that this person walks not in the counsel of the wicked, stands not, in the way of sinners, sits not in the seat of scoffers. Now, as you hear that, you might be thinking, well, that's all very negative. And there is a negative side to the believer's life. We have that emphasised for us even in the Old Testament, in the Ten Commandments. So many of them begin with the words, thou shalt not. So there is this negative side. But what is it about? Well, first of all, he walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And the word wicked really means the, the, the ungodly or, or those who, who are breaking God's law. And the blessed person will not want to go with them. He won't want to live his life as they live their lives. He won't want to heed their counsel because he's attuned to a counsel that is much wiser than theirs. He is attuned to God's counsel. He wants to hear what God has to say and he puts that first. It's very interesting at this time of, of crisis in our nation and in our world that there aren't very many voices we hear seeking God's counsel, seeking God's advice. 
it's right and wise for us to listen to the advice of politicians and scientists and medics and so on, whom God has blessed with knowledge and wisdom. But ultimately, it's not to them that we must look, but to himself. And we must never go along with the advice, the counsel, the philosophies of those who deliberately go against God. This person will not walk in the counsel of such people, nor stand in the way of sinners. What's meant by that is this, that this person will not identify himself or herself with those who are willingly coming short of obeying God's law or who are deliberately transgressing God's law. Jesus, of course, ate and drank with publicans or tax collectors and sinners, but he did so in order that he might win them for himself. Never could he be accused of being a sinner himself. And so it's important that we don't identify ourselves in that way with those who are falling short of the mark or deliberately transgressing the boundaries. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The true child of God is deeply hurt and grieved when God is mocked, when jokes are made about God. These hurt those who are the Lord's. Can I ask, what about you? Do you feel at home in such company, listening to such jibes? Or do you feel the hurt because you're identified with your Saviour when his name is attacked and reproached? So these are the negatives. But more positively, we're told that his delight is in the law of the Lord and on whose law he meditates day and night. Now, without going into it too much, the word law here is referring to God's word. And we're told that the true child of God delights in the law of God because it is the law of God, the law of the God whom he or she loves. What about you? The story is told of a, a young woman who fell in love. And uh, she had earlier on in her life read a book that she had found dull and difficult and she had put it aside. But she fell in love and discovered as the courtship moved on that the man that she had fallen in love with was the man who had written the book. And she decided to go back home and pick it up again to see if she would find it difficult and dull. To her amazement, she found that she understood every word and she read it from cover to cover without any problem. The reason was, of course, that she had come to know and love the author of the book. What about us and the Bible? Maybe the reason we find the Bible dull and difficult and boring is that we don't know the author. When we come to know the author, the Bible may still be difficult, but we will delight in it. And we will be so thankful that we can ask the author to give us understanding when we come to the difficult parts. And that is what he promises to do. Our delight is in his word. So much so that we're told here that the blessed person meditates on God's word day and night. He or she is thinking about it. It's they're occupying their minds. They're reflecting on it continually, pondering what it has to say about who God is and what he has done, reflecting on what Christ has done for our salvation. And thank you again for listening. And may God be with you all day by day until he calls us as his people. And I hope all of us will be among his people, home to be with himself. May his grace 
was mercy and his peace. Be with us all, now and forever.